It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're going to start the show. Mm-hmm. Everyone's fans, welcome back to the Black and Gold Prospect Podcast, Episode 5 here, recording on November 12, 2019. Episode 5 is brought to you by betonline.ag. Really good website if you want to get your bet on. I'm telling you, they're really, really good over there. So, uh, welcome back, Tim. Tim Richardson, my co-host. How's it going, Tim? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, it was, it was a good weekend, uh, not so good on the American Hockey League side, but we'll discuss that with the Providence Bruins. But there was some other uh, positive things to talk about in the uh, prospect research and got had a chance to watch a couple of college games. Um, so, yeah, everything's good and uh, really, really enjoying this and, and really enjoying that we, we got, we're getting two shows back to back and no break in the middle. So um, feel good about that. I absolutely feel good about that as well. All right, I just had to take a sip of my pink Whitney because uh, okay. that's my, uh, my after work drink. So let's get started by talking about the Providence Bruins at the Bridgeford Sound Tigers, Webster Bank Arena on November 9th, 2019. Bruins kick off the weekend on a, on a, good, on a good foot. 
um, beating the the Sound Tigers by a score of four to one. Let's talk about the scoring. Uh, Providence gets on the board real quick again. I like this a lot, and what I like is uh, Una Copanen uh, is uh, really getting involved offensively, really showing that he wants to he wants to stay uh, with the Providence Bruins and not go back to Atlanta. But he gets his second goal at the 4:30 mark, giving the Bruins a one and nothing lead. The Providence club goes up two to nothing shortly after that in the first period at the 18:20 mark. Brandon Gauntz gets his fourth goal of the year by from Petrovic and uh, Carey. Let me let me uh, go back a little bit. The opening goal was uh, assisted by Conway and Brandon Woods, and that's. Uh, um, uh, What's his name? Sean Conway? Um, uh, anyway, it's Conway's first ever AHL point. Scott and Conway. Scott Conway, that's what I meant. Uh, and the, uh, the second goal happened to be on the power play, and that's Brandon Gaunt's fourth goal. And good to see him back after a pretty rough hit in Laval that uh, pretty much rearranged his face. So good to see him healthy and back on the ice. The uh, three to nothing goal goes to Alex Petrovic the defenseman his second of the season at 1630 really nice cushion for the Providence Bruins in this one uh the Bridgeport Sound Tigers are just a struggling team this year so um Petrovic's goals comes from Carey and Steen and to wrap it up um the Providence Bruins get their fourth goal from Jack Sidnika an empty net goal from Brandon Gaunts and Jeremy Lawson at the 1835 mark of the third period to solidify a pretty good four to one victory. Uh, thoughts on that game, Tim? Um, the team played really well. Uh, Max Legacy had uh, 31 saves out of the 32 shots he faced. Was he fantastic. Yeah, he was great. And uh, another thing that's really nice to see is the PK was really good. Uh, they held Bridgeport to being over five on the power play. So the penalty kill was great. And, Something that was something that was really uh, struggling for them. Um, they were at they, it was all the way down to seventy five percent, which is pretty bad. Um, but over the past eight or so games, they've brought it back up to eighty six point five percent. So they're getting back in the top of the league with that penalty kill, which is really important um, because they're a team that takes a lot of penalties. They've already taken seventy four penalties on the year, uh, which is a lot for only playing. Uh, you know, 16 games. So um, it's good to see that. And it was good to see the goaltending play well. The defense was playing well as well. Um, it looked like that uh, Erho Vekanainen, um looked better. He had struggled earlier this year. And over the past maybe three games this weekend, a couple of games this weekend, he looked really good. So that's good to see. And he kind of – it seems like he's got his confidence back or something. He's just – he's playing with more of a more of an edge that he was playing with last year. So that was also good to see. Yeah, and one thing that was not good to see – I mean, obviously, Trent Frederick is always up to, um, you know, have a teammate's back when needed. But, unfortunately, in this game, in the third period, the 10-minute mark, he got a game misconduct for an instigator, and it was in the last five um, – yeah, that's what it says, the last five. So um, he he got suspended on that. That's right. In the I believe that's the rule, right? The last five minutes of the game, they get suspended for the next one. Yes. So, 
So yeah, it was a 10 minute major uh, and it was in the 1932 mark of the third period. So yes, it was under five minutes to go and that is a no-no. So uh, unfortunately he missed the next game, which uh, we will talk about right now once I get this straightened out. Um, so the next game was on Sunday, November 10th at home. Uh, so the road trip is over. Bruins come to the back to the Dunkin' Donuts Center on November 10th uh, to play the, the Atlantic leading Hartford Wolfpack. And um, not, not good at all. This is, they go from beating a, a really bad team in Bridgeport to just, you know, really the spectrum was fully turned on this one because uh, a Hartford came to play and they get on the board real, real um, in the middle of the first period at the 1135 mark, Vincent Loverdi. I remember that guy from Manchester back in the day when I had season tickets. Um, he gets the, uh, the Wolfpack on the board first and then Hartford again at, at 701 of the second period is a two to one, two to nothing lead. Um, but, uh, Jack Sadika with a real nice shot in between the hash marks and the circles uh, fires one on net because uh, the the Hartford uh, defense uh, turned it over and Sadika happened to be there uh, at the 39 I, I'm sorry the 39 second mark of the third period so they got a little closer but it wasn't enough um, Bruins lose two to one in front of the home crowd, which was at the dunk that night, 9,560. So good crowd, bad result. Yeah, that's basically what happened. It was a great crowd, bad result. Um, The Kyle Kaiser didn't look bad in that. He only, he only faced 25 shots, gave up those two goals but I mean he kept them in the game they had a chance the um the defense of Hartford was just pretty stifling um they played well and uh their goaltender was on fire uh stopping 29 of 30 shots there Igor yeah I don't know if I'm I'm looking at it right now too and I can't even say it Shesterkin I yeah Chester, yeah, Chester that's we'll as good as probably going to we'll get. We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he was great. He was great in that. And unfortunate. One thing, though, uh, Stonika's looked good to start the year. Um, in the first 16 games, he does have uh, four goals and six assists, 10 points. That's uh, .625 points per game. So that's, that's not a bad start for his first full professional season. No, nah, not at all. But uh, like you were saying on, on the previous game, like back in Einem, he was a huge concern for me because it was like a deer in headlights at most games. But the last three, he really sh- proved that he really wanted to play better and so on, which ultimately got him the call up. Well, I don't think that was the better defenseman, but I understand the whole situation too. I think, I mean, I we'll talk about Alex Petrovic later, but I thought he was the better defenseman and a, and a, and a veteran at that. But the thing is, is, if he goes up and it's called back down, he has to go through the waiver process where Vakanine doesn't have to. So that yeah. could have, that could have played in it. And plus, Vakanine's last three games have been really good. Yeah, I agree. I think that that's probably the case is because of the last three games. Even with Petrovic, how how well he's been playing. I mean, he's been an absolute re- uh, revelation for the team there this season. 
I think that um, even had Vakanainen uh, not played this well, I think they would have probably gone with someone else to call up, maybe uh, Zboril or uh, Lauzon. Zboril would be my choice in between those two based on this year. But because I I don't know that uh, Petrovic, with how he's playing in Providence, he has you know, 12 points in 15 games. I don't think he would clear the waivers. On the way back? Yeah, on the way back. You know, yeah, I think he'd get picked up too. And my, and my, my I'm, I don't know, my really weird feeling about this whole thing, and I'm not, we're not general managers, folks, at all, because if we were, we'd be sitting in different seats. Um, but I just think that Petrovic is one of those types of defensemen that you want to hang around because he could possibly play uh, a role in the trade market when the, when the trade deadline comes up, who knows, a uh, little leverage piece. Or Don Sweeney might be holding an ace in the card for when, if something happens to one of his current core, uh, if they go down, he can eat seamlessly, come in with some NHL uh, experience and, and, and play in the playoffs. So, um, and then you know, as I know, and everybody else pretty much knows that during the playoffs, there's no real roster limit, you know? So there's, you know, so I think that he could play a place, uh, a piece or place wherever uh, Don Sweeney needs him. But uh, I just don't think that that whole waiver process was uh, was in the future for him. So, yeah, I agree. I think I think they want to keep him around, like you said, kind of an ace in the hole. And I also think he's good for the guys in Providence. Uh, we've seen with Paul Carey, he's been a good influence on the forwards there, um, and kind of giving a veteran presence, and that's why he's the captain. I believe Petrovic is wearing an A on this year, so deservingly um, so too. Exactly. So I think keeping those guys around is very important. And uh, and then the weekend just gets a little worse. On Monday on Veterans Day, as we honor all our veterans and and thank you again for the for the service and and we remember those of your family members that were lost in um, unselfish acts of of, of greatness because. Uh, ultimately, it's those people that keep us um, that have keep us alive and, and do this podcast on a regular. So, we thank the veterans of the United States and and others uh, worldwide. But, like I said, the uh, the whirlwind of the toilet bowl was just uh, it was just going downhill. This was not a good game at all. Um, and against a team that again is at the bottom of the of the, uh, the Atlantic division, a team that you beat on Saturday night. So, um, the Monday, the Monday afternoon tilt, uh, it, it just, they lost two to nothing. I'm not even going to go through the, the goals or anything like that. Um, Max Legassi was in that, unfortunately, uh, takes the loss. Um, he, he, he played well. He was probably one of the, the, the bright lights in that game. Um, it just wasn't enough shots. They couldn't get anything through the defense. Bridgeport really shut them down, and and uh, yeah, it's just not good. And and, it, and it's tough. This is a tough game for our teammate at, at BlackAndGoldHockey.com, uh, Carrie Young, who was down there on her first assignment as a media member for the BlackAndGoldHockey.com and and Black and Gold Hockey podcast team. So uh, she covered that game down there as a press member and. That was, that was a tough one. Her tweets were really sad because I was hoping that they'd, they'd do really well uh, in her first time. But unfortunately, the, 
the score did not dictate the way we wanted it to. No, like you said, it was pretty ugly. Um, they only had 15 shots for the first two periods, which is pretty awful. And something else that really I think played into that is, like I said earlier, the team takes a ton of penalties, and they took four in the second period. So when you have eight out of 20 minutes of the period where you're on the penalty kill, I mean, it's really hard to generate offense like that. It's, it really puts the team in a bind. And I mean, they had five penalties through the first two periods and six overall. And it's just, it's, that's not a great way to win a hockey game when you're constantly on the defense, constantly on the kill. Um, they started to get more shots in the third, obviously they had 17 shots in the third period, but I mean, it was uh, too little too late at that point. I mean, at that point, their goaltender was locked in and, um, Christopher Gibson there stopped all 32 shots and got the shot out. Yeah. So not good, not good at all. And um, hopefully things, things, you know, get back to, to somewhat normal. I mean, I think this Bruins team was doing really good. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of that stuff is happening on the road. Um, and, and we might as well just uh, do this now because we are done talking about the, the uh, previous games of the weekend. But I, I think I want to start doing, uh, adding an article uh, a week. Uh, Mark Diver of the uh, Rinkside, Rhode Island, um, he's an author for Rinkside, Rhode Island, and he does a great job. Former um, writer at the uh, Providence Journal, long time. Uh, but uh, he's a great guy, and... I, I bump into him many times at Bruins events, but uh, he does a great, um, a good, bad, and the ugly from the Providence Bruins weekend. And he does this every weekend and he posts it every Monday or Tuesday, whatever. So if we happen to get it before then, we'll, we will do that. So just to cu- cu- go through on some of the stuff that he wrote down, they, um, the Providence Club uh, got two of a possible six points. Um, They've won just one of six games at the Dunk and the Dunkin' Donut Center. Uh, that's that is not good. And I happened to be at the game for the, uh, that weekend. It was opening weekend, and I had the media credentials for that, so I got to see their only win at home in the season. But uh, some some thoughts uh, from Jay Leach. Uh, he said to Mark that it was the worst game they played all year by far from the puck drop. The most disappointing thing for me is they wanted it way more than we wanted it. If we were not aware of uh, their desperation, we found out in the first three shifts of the game, uh, we did not respond, he said. Uh, That's where I'm disappointed. It was uh, our first three and three weekend, and we uh, can go through that stuff, all that stuff. I'd really rather not focus on any excuse. The facts are they wanted it more and we didn't. We're going to have to learn from this and and grow moving forward. So, um, yeah, the one – and like you mentioned, and he mentioned in his article that the the Providence Bruins have been shorthanded a league high 74 times this season. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's insane. That is just – how can you do that with that like roster on paper? I don't know. It's very weird. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I mean, th- that could, 
could potentially be attributed to being a young team who there's a lot of players who it's their first full season kind of at the professional level. So maybe um, the speed's getting to them a little bit. Um, that's the only real thing that I could really think of because the team they're this weekend, they play Hartford twice and um, Hartford's taken 51 penalties. That's tw- they've taken 23 more penalties. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. But uh, to to end Mark's article, fantastic. Uh, and please go to Twitter and follow him at Mark Diver, D I V V E R. He's he's unbelievable. That guy is everywhere in in um, developmental hockey. Um, but uh, with the loss on Monday, the P Bruins are one four zero and one at the dunk. Then and, and that's the worst home record in the league. And I think last year they only lost like 10 times at home. So a big flip-flop for, for seasons right now, and they need to get that in order. they got to win in front of the, the home faithful uh, in Providence. Um, and to finish up, well, one more thing. Uh, the injured players uh, are Anton Valide, shoulder. Uh, Dan Vladar, lower body. Brandon Woods, not sure about him. And Jakob Walko, and not sure about his injury either. So, thanks to Mark for that one. Yeah, but um, they just got to play better, you know. And they, what, what, the weird part is about it is they have they have all this time to practice and rest, and then they come into a three and three weekend, and they pretty much, um, you know, blow a nut in the uh, the first the first game of three and don't have anything left for the rest. So it's too bad. I mean, because they're such a good team on paper, you know, Stignica, Steen, Shen, all this, all this talent, Frederick, and, you know, it's just crazy that they're not getting together and the chemistry is not being made. I'm not going to throw out the fire of the coach yet. I think Jay Leach is a fantastic coach and everything. I just think that he's just got to get some of these guys um, reeled in, especially the ones from that are playing their first years over in North America. So that might be a little bit of a transition thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It could be that. And um, it, it, like you said, the first three and three weekend, it's really, um, it's frustrating to see them kind of come out with that, that poorly, like coming up this weekend, they, they only have two games, but I mean, next week they have another three and three weekend and then they uh, play on the 27th, which is Wednesday. So they have three and three, two days off and then another game right there. So it's not like, it's not like they're going to have a lot of time off coming up. So they need to they need to do something where uh, they need to figure it out. Really, is the biggest thing. They just kind of got to figure things out, and um, I have faith that they will. Uh, young teams do have growing pains. We all know that. We've seen how young teams have done that and then come out of it. Hopefully, it's a learning experience for them, and then they end up coming out on top when all is said and done. Yeah, I'm not overly worried about it. I mean, it's, it is concerning a little bit, but I'm not going to jump out my window over it. Uh, this team, as you know, in the past couple of years, have always started off uh, uh, in the bottom of the Atlantic and worked their way out of it, getting into the playoffs about midway through the season. But this was a weird one because now Providence is in the top three of the Atlantic, and they're in the, they're in the in discussion of a, a called the cup playoff. And and it just seems like as we get closer to that mark where I kind of see everything, you know, flip to the positive, 
they're getting worse. So hopefully this is just a nasty trend. Hopefully they can grow out of it, like Jay Leach said in Mark Divis' article. And, uh, you know, moving forward, I mean, there's a lot of good positives that, that some of these players are doing. Uh, I'm just going to go through, like, some of the top names uh, when you look at team for, you know, scoring um, on the record. Not scoring records, but, you know, team highs. Uh, Paul Carey leads the team with 13 points in 16 games. Alex Petrovic, who I think has been playing fantastic, has 12 goal, uh, 12 points in 15 games. Solaric, again, up and down 95. He's got uh, 10 points in nine games. Studnika, 10 points in 16 games. So, um, you know, things are looking good offensively. They just got to keep it going. And, you know, once you get a – once this Providence Bruins gets, gets, has a goal – you need to learn the two-way game and defend it. You know, I think they're just giving up way too many opportunities. And you mentioned, too, that one, a lot of those opportunities is because you're, you're sitting in the box. You're, you're no use on the ice, but you're sitting down because you, you made a stupid call. And you're right about that. And you're right about getting the lead. Um, I mean, when, when Providence is trailing after the first period, they're 1-5-0-1 this year. When they're trailing after two, they're 0-3-0-1. And then when they're leading after the first and the second, they're 6-0. and So, I mean, getting the lead early is important for them. They can't play from behind. It seems like that, that playing from behind isn't something that's wired in them yet. And when they do, it, it generally ends up being pretty, pretty bad. So they got to get that early lead, and they got to keep it. And um, that's the biggest thing. And they got to stay out of the box. they got to – I don't know what they got to do to do that, but they just got to stay out of the box. I mean, 74 penalties in only 16 games is ridiculous. I mean, that's like, what, four or five penalties a game. Absolutely. Uh, before we head to the East Coast Hockey League, I'd like to uh, hit on our show sponsor, betonline.ag. The NHL Boston Bruins and the AHL Providence Bruins are fully involved into their respective 2019-20 regular seasons. So placing a wager on any professional sport in Boston or worldwide has never been more exciting than with the great folks at betonline.ag. You can place a wager on action in the AHL, NHL, baseball, basketball, football, NASCAR, and many other popular professional sports. And guess what? Because your loyal listeners, the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast and CLNS Media Content, we're giving you 50% bonus on to your sports betting bankroll when you go to betonline.ag and use the code CLNS50. This added bonus is only for your first ever deposit, and the best part is the bonus is added onto your bank balance within seconds. Again, support our Black and Gold Hockey podcast by going to betonline.ag and use code CLNS50. Remember, a minimum deposit of $55 is required to qualify for the bonus. Please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. Don't sit on the sidelines during your favorite Boston sports seasons, Tim. Get in all the action at betonline.ag, your online sports wagering expert. So I suck at betting, but I still love it. I, I, have, I, have, a, I have a thing. I, have, I, have, I put $50 in there, and I, I work my way down, and then I put another 50 but I'm not crazy about it, but it's fine. I put like 2 or $3, and just to see, I'm learning. See what happens when I get a little older and retire. Uh, but uh, regardless, it's, it's a little fun little activity for me to do, and, and it's a great way to get some money. And they're a fantastic website. If you're not used to betting and you want to get involved and learn, you can always go there, set up an account, use 
code CLNS50. Check it out and then uh, drop a little wager on some action in the upcoming weeks. Absolutely. Yeah, I, uh, I'm with you. I, I'm trying to, I'm slowly learning the game a little bit and uh, a dollar or two here and there trying to get my feet wet and see what's going on. Exactly. You know, nothing crazy. You learn and then and if you feel confident and drop some money. I I made a bet on the Red Sox one time and I bet ten dollars that the uh the like worst team in the league, I think the Red Sox were playing and I wanted I wanted them to win, but they had to get over nine. Um uh, and they hit it and I I won like a hundred and sixty dollars on a ten dollars. It was nice. crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. And then I blew it all. <laughs> but that's how it goes uh but um yeah i mean so let's go to the east coast uh, hockey league the atlanta gladiators on friday november 8th the gladiators forward samuel asseline scored a goal in a five to three loss to the newfoundland growlers last year's kelly cup champions uh to extend his rookie season goal streak to four games and points in his first eight professional games at the ECHL level. Both streaks came came to a screeching halt when he posted zero points in a 6-3 loss to the same Growlers club the very next night on Saturday, November 9th. Atlanta Transactions per Elite Prospects website uh, last week had defenseman Alexei Soloivinov, that's terrible, uh, called up to the Providence Bruins on November 8th the Moskva Russian native signed a free agent deal with Providence back in July after graduating from Bentley University in Waltham, Mass. And I thought that was pretty interesting that uh, I can't say that name, but he went to college uh, not far from where I live. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Gladiators are back in action to play four straight, four, Tim, four straight games. Starting Friday night, November 15th on the road, with back-to-back games against the Jacksonville Icemen at the uh, Veterans Memorial Arena. That's crazy. Four straight games. I can't imagine. They're going to be absolutely dead after that. Yeah, and after we just watched the Providence Bruins play three games, I could just imagine what they're going through. (laughs) Seriously, wow. Um, But although the Glads are on a two-game winless streak, the premier double-A minor pro affiliate of the Boston Bruins sit in the fourth position in the East Coast Hockey League South Division with a 4-5-0 record, earning eight points, which is eight behind division-leading South Carolina Stingrays, who have 16 on the early season. Going to the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, the Moncton Wildcats 2018 second-round pick Axel Anderson has seven points in 11 games so far this season uh, with, the, with the Wildcats. Although he's gone pointless in the last three games and still searching for his first Quebec League goal, the Swedish uh, native certainly has had his chances uh, with his uh, six shots on net in the 6-3 victory over Acadie bathurst Titon on Sunday, November 10th. The Wildcats are back in action with two games this weekend, starting Friday night, November 15th against Charlottetown and finishing up the weekend festivities on Saturday night, November 16th against Gatineau. Uh, Let's take a quick break right here. We'll come back and we'll talk a little NCAA prospects. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. 
Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. And Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! All right, we're back. Great uh, commercial from College Hockey Inc. Those guys are unbelievable. Uh, any college questions, if your kid's getting ready to go to college, reach out to them. They're fantastic people. Great resource for any um, tough questions that you have uh, in the whole process of recruitment and so on. Reach out to uh, Nate Yule and Brad Schlossman, and they also do a great uh, podcast, uh, College Hockey Inc. At College Hockey is their Twitter. Um, Bruins prospects in the NCAA 2015 seventh round selection Jack Becker and 2019 first round pick John Beecher are both of the top three in scoring on the Michigan Wolverines roster and although both have played well they've both been a little unlucky when it comes to offensive production Beecher who leads the team with a one four five uh, a goal four assists five total in 10 games, snapped a four-game pointless streak with an assist in Saturday, November 9th, lost to Minnesota. Becker, on the other hand, is third on the Wild Wolverines club with a, uh, three goals, one assist, four points in nine games, uh, and is currently riding an unfortunate five-game pointless streak. Becker is in a three-way tie f- for the Wolverines in goals this season, along with Will Lockwood and Nick Past. Oh. Wow. Past Ujoff. Past Ujoff. Both Michigan players are back in action this weekend with back-to-back games against Michigan State. On Friday, November 8th, 2018, fourth-round pick Curtis Hall notched his third goal of the season for the Yale University sophomore forward. The Ohio native leads the Bulldogs in points with uh, three goals, zero assists, three points. In four games this season, the Ivy League club gets back on the ice Friday, November 15th against Dartmouth and finishes up the week's action on Saturday night, November 16th against number 13, Hartford. I mean, Harvard. And I might be going to that game. Who knows? Oh, nice. Yeah, well, I'm going to see if I can go. Uh, Yeah, I'll work that out. But Harvard's not too far away from me. Um, University of Minnesota, the freshman forward, Quinn Olsen has started off his collegiate career on the right foot after posting 34, 85, and 119. That's 34 goals, 85 assists, 119 points in, in the previous two seasons with the Okotoke Oilers of the AJHL. That's the Alberta Junior Hockey League. In five games so far, the Bulldogs, uh, the former 2019 uh, third-round selection, He's got three points in his last three games uh, and his uh, action coming up on Saturday, November 9th with an assist in a 5-2 to victory over Denver. Minnesota Duluth is back on the ice with two straight games in Miami of Ohio to play the Red Hawks starting Friday night, November 15th. And University of Maine goaltender in Bruins 2017 fourth-round draft pick Jeremy Swayman has been playing very well, regardless of his Black Bear team has done recently. Uh, with a 0-1-2 record in his last three games, the Anchorage, Alaska native still holds a 5-3-2 record 
with a 2.09 goals against average and an astonishing 0.942 save percentage in his last 10 games. Uh, Maine has two games this weekend as they host cross-state rival University of New Hampshire at Alphonse Arena in Orono, Maine, starting Friday night and finishing up the two-game homestand on Saturday night. Um, and that Saturday game is on Nesson Plus. Ah, nice. Get to watch that. Yep. That's so badass. Uh, Jeremy's been playing good. I want, I want you to jump in here because I've been, I've been talking a lot. I want to take a breath, and I want to take my, a sip of my pink wit. So, uh, again, tell us what you think about Jeremy. I know you're – you're, you're, we're both really high on him, but uh, what you saw last weekend, if you had a chance to watch the games. Yeah, he played really well against uh, UMass Lowell, who's ranked 14th. So it's not an easy – it was not easy playing them back-to-back for UMaine. Um, he, in the first game, they tied 1-1, and he faced uh, 37 shots that game, stopped 36 of them, which is absolutely insane. Um, he, he, he played really well. Um, they, that would be in 65 minutes of play. So, I mean, yeah, he, he looked really well. He's something that I've noticed is he's, he's getting a lot better, uh, with despite facing a ton of shots, he's getting better controlling rebounds and things of that nature, uh, which is really nice to see. You don't want to give up those bad rebounds. Cause that's when, that's when you lead to the crazy goals, um, is rebounds out in front. And he's done really well with that, uh, recently. And uh, then, you know, the next game they lost uh, 3-2. He still stopped 27 of 30 shots. So he faced, you know, 68 shots over the weekend and only gave out four goals. That's pretty freaking good. Um, That's something that he's done all year. He's facing a ton of shots. I'd be willing to bet I don't have that number in front of me but I'd be willing to bet he's probably up at the top and facing shots out of in the league because Maine just gives up a ton of shots because their defense isn't great um overall they're still five three and two um which is great I mean they're they're doing well for because of him he's keeping them in every game um and he's the reason why they've won the games that they have and uh they are three oh and one at home so you know, two games at Alphon Arena. I'm sure the main fans will be there and they'll be rocking. It's it's a great place to see a hockey game. I don't know if any of you listeners will ever have had the chance or will have the chance coming up. But if you do, I would recommend it. It's a nice little arena. It's a nice campus. It may be a little bit in the middle of nowhere, but it's a really a beautiful campus and a great place to see a game. Exactly. Awesome place to go have drinks. <laughs> I'm a big yeah, fan. Absolutely. Oh. <laughs> I've been up there a bunch of times to uh indulge in the college activities back when I was younger and still remember those days. That's it was fantastic. But anyway, yeah, I went to college and I and I uh I graduated in malted hops and bong resin. <laughs> <laughs> so so when there was a party at a college place, I was usually going. So um anyway, before we get to our last segment. Uh, I'd like to mention that uh, the Black and Gold Hockey Productions team, all of us, the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, the Black and Gold Hockey Prospect Podcast, and the website uh, blackandgoldhockey.com is now working with Bobby Orr. Uh, Bobby Orr um, has a, a Hall of Fame in Parry Sound, and 
they are trying to get rid of a bunch of his stuff that um, that is no longer of use anymore. So they want to move some of that stuff. But they asked us to help out and, and spread the word. So uh, located in Bobby Orr's hometown of Perry Sound, Ontario, the Bobby Orr Hall of Fame displays Bobby Orr's personal memorabilia and takes visitors to his story career. Items on display include Stanley Cup rings, the stick that used to score the goal, and his locker room at Boston Gardens. Orr fans will love the gift shop, and the uh, Bobby Orr Hall of Fame is offering our Black and Gold Hockey Podcast listeners 10% off all online orders at bobbyorrhalloffame.com slash store. By using the code BNG, that's B-N-G at checkout, you can place your order by December 3rd to guarantee delivery for the holidays. Again, that's bobbyorrhalloffame.com slash store. Promo code BNG at checkout for 10% off all online orders. Promo code does not apply to sign merchandise. Keep that in mind, folks. Follow them on Facebook to take advantage of the 12 days of Christmas sale from November 22nd to December 3rd. Each day, a featured item will be discounted with the uh, store-wide savings on Black Friday. Follow them on Facebook again to take advantage of the exclusive deals. So, uh, again, we mentioned that on the Black and Gold Hockey podcast that we released on Sunday. Uh, we're working with them, so we're happy to do that, and and uh, always good to uh, help out a former uh, Boston Bruins legend. Absolutely, that's fantastic. I think that's really good. And I mean, getting the code for ten percent off Bobby Orr merch. I mean, come on. Yeah, any better than that? It's crazy. Like I said on the on uh, with Heather on the Black and Gold Hockey podcast. I hope. Uh, through this, I get to meet him, and I, but I know he's in he's down in Florida during these uh, cold winter winter months. But uh, good to be working with him and uh, and spreading the word about the uh, the stuff. And and actually, uh, um, Max Mainville, he's a senior writer at BlackandGoldHockey.com, has actually been there and said that the museum is a fantastic place to go. So much history, uh, so much, so many things to to really soak in. Um, because uh, he had, he just, he was just one of those people that just, you know, was so gifted and everybody knew his name back in the day, uh, whether it be from his local area or when he came into the NHL, he just blossomed into a true superstar. So if you're in the area of Perry Sound, I, I, I highly suggest go checking it out on um, Max Mainville's uh, recommendation. So. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Definitely, if I'm ever up in the area, I definitely will make sure to go. Same here. Um, and, 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 and to finally end it, uh, the, the last one we're going to do, we're not going to do prospects outside North America. I had, had such a hard time with um, outside of North America websites and trying to get stuff in English this week. So I really didn't have time. So we're just going to end it with the United States Hockey League, the Green Bay Gamblers. 2019 seventh round selection. Jake Smaltz currently has two assists in his last eight games. But from the folks that I've been uh, talking to, his game has picked up. Although the Gamblers are third from last in the eight-team Eastern Conference with a 7-6-1-1 record in 15 games, the Green Bay Club has earned points in the last two games and look to continue that unbeaten streak with two games coming up this weekend at the Denny Sanford Premier Center in Sioux Falls starting on Saturday night, November 16th. 
So good on Jake. It's a, he's picking up his game. I've been following him. He's a North uh, University of North Dakota commit uh, for the 2020-21 campaign. So I'm um, going to keep tabs on him until he uh, gets into college. But for now, he's, uh, he's doing good. Um, from what I've seen and what I've heard, like I mentioned, Jake is, uh, is, is learning many aspects of the game. So he's, he's like, he's not on a solid line all the time, from my understanding. I think that he's been floating around from the third, fourth line and even gotten minutes up on the, se- on the second line, but more or less learning um, the harder game as he develops. And, he, and of course, at a- any 17, 18-year-old, 18-year-old, I'm sorry, uh, you know, they have to build up. They have to bulk up and so on and be ready for the next stage. And, and college hockey uh, will definitely provide that with uh, North Dakota because they have a fantastic program. Yeah, absolutely. They've, they have one of the better programs in the country. I know they also have a really nice facility there. I think it's relatively new as well um, that they built up there. It's, he'll, he'll, he'll definitely bulk up, and it's, it's good to see him kind of floating around, uh, getting time everywhere, because that versatility is something that's going to bode well for him going forward. Sure. And, and that's pretty much it. I mean, I, we just kind of touched on a lot of the stuff that was, uh, that's more impactful. I wish we had more time to get involved in each and every prospect and the, and the feasibility to do so. But um, I think this was, this was a good show. I think it was a good uh, informational update. And um, as always, Tim, I really appreciate you uh, joining me to do this. Not a problem. It's been fun. And I've really enjoyed doing this podcast with you. Yeah, yeah, same here. I just there's nobody more I wanted to get involved because of your your coverage of the Providence Bruins and and interest in a player like Jeremy Swayman that's so close to you that you can really keep tabs on. But uh, it also gives you an opportunity to like learn more about uh, everything else that's going on uh, in, in the Bruins prospect world. So um, no, it's been a real pleasure to have you on, and and, and I look forward to doing these weekly and getting through the bugs and the. Uh, and the uh, trials and tribulations of, uh, of, of, of producing a show. So we will, we will definitely get our hat trick on next week as we update another week of uh, Bruins prospects. But again, I just want to thank Tim, but I also want to thank everybody out there that's been giving us like serious kudos on, on what we're doing here. They're always asking, even last week we were they're like, Hey, is there another pod coming out? I was like kind of different technical difficulties. And uh, some of us were sick. So uh, but it's really cool to hear that people are reaching out saying, hey, yeah, you guys doing the show this week. So that, that, that's the type of motivation that keeps me going. And um, I'll keep researching and we'll keep talking about these uh, Boston Bruins prospects. So thank you again to everybody. Thank you again to our Patreon members. Those guys are awesome. Um, if you guys want to get involved in free T-shirt giveaways that are Bruins related from Fanatics, go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast. Donate a dollar to this show. Donate a dollar to that show. What happens is every dollar that you donate, you get involved in the, our weekly drawings on our Black and Gold Hockey podcast. So it's kind of cool that we, we, we get some money to help pay the bills, but we also take some of that money and we give it back to you guys as a nice little rewards program. So, um, again, thank you so much for everything, guys, and we'll talk to you next week. Go Bees. Go Bees.
Thanks again for listening to and supporting the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.